On today's episode, Oliver stops by. Everybody, this is Gary Bay, Nerd Chuck, and this is episode 234 of the Ask Gary B Show. We have been on a major hiatus, and we have a guest, which I'm excited about. Really excited. Um, before we get into Oliver and his, and his new book and all that stuff and the questions from Dunk, I just want to say what's up to everybody. Uh, I, a lot of you have asked if I stopped the show. I haven't. I was in LA. I'm filming my show, uh, my Apple TV show over there, um, and just Shout had a lot of- Hollywood. Got a little Hollywood on you guys. Um, uh, and then I was just traveling before. I'm just busy being the CEO. You know, I don't do Ask Gary V on, on location. So, and even in the weeks that I was here, a bunch of business decisions going into the fourth quarter in the new year. So I've just been um, milking my time. Big election. There's been a lot going Jet suck shit. There's <laughs> been a lot going on. So a lot going on. But before we get into the show, Oliver, why don't you create some context? Obviously, sure. we've been running in similar circles. We went uh, on CNBC together one time. I remember that. With the that Nervo fun. girls. That was fun. I remember that. Uh, and you've had a really, you know, great digital career. I've heard your name a whole bunch for the years. We haven't had the pleasure to really jam together, so I'm yeah. excited about this. But a quick one-minute bio, and then we'll go sure. into this, and then we'll answer some questions. Sure. Yeah, I started off in, in technology and voice over the internet and video over the internet with Rever. And then as technology started going into Hollywood and into entertainment, uh, built, uh, the last company was called The Audience. Uh, before that I was, uh, I hated the title, but I was head of innovation at Disney. So I really brought that brand into social media, you know, broke it into all the characters and into the, the attractions. So much so that Bob felt comfortable giving you a quote on the front cover, which is Correct. always an indicator, did Correct. the person do a good job <laughs> while they were at the company. Yeah, it's a little nerve wracking when you reach back out to these people well, after you've left. By the way, and, I, and I look like, at that. Wow, what they really do? I look at yeah. that because, yeah. you, know, you, you, you know, I've seen it a bunch of times. Like, yeah. I was the head of this yeah. at, you know, at Nike and then they're doing something yeah. and nobody from Nike is saying anything. I'm like, yeah. oh, how did the, how did the run? So when I saw that, I'm like, eh, all right. Yeah, no, it's exciting. And then wrote this book, uh, over the last year and a half, it kind of really naturally evolved with Michael Casey, who was an editor at the Wall Street Journal. Uh, we met on Necker Island, which is Branson's Island. I was a speaker there. And uh, he came up to me afterwards and was like, you know, I think this really resonates. And it's, I th- think you couldn't have better timing. And it was, you know, right as I was selling the audience. So it, was, it all worked out great. So, you, so I'm very happy about it. And so, yeah, no worries. So what is this book and, sure. and what's well, the premise? The social organism. Most yep. people see it as orgasm. That's how I saw it, yeah. So I'm always, I literally I'm thought always that's what the it first said. to I disappoint. I can't read either. <laughs> I'm all, yeah. Anyone with like dyslexia, has, yeah, has, they, they get really excited I thought this was yeah. the social like orgy. I didn't no, even read it yeah. right. Well, orgies are social. Fair yes, fair. You know, so, it fits. so go ahead. No, but it's a, book, it's a book that is a lot of different concepts that came together and I was asked one time to draw the future of social. Uh, Details Magazine had said I was this digital maverick and, and those things are cringeworthy as you know. And, and, uh, and so they asked me to draw the future of social. And, the only thing I knew how to draw was when I was a little kid, I was a super nerd and I studied molecular and cell biology and worked in a That's research lab. And uh, so I knew how to draw pathways, like when you cut yourself, how bleeding stops through the arachidonic acid pathway. And then I went into that, telecom. That would come up on this conversation. Yeah, exactly. This is deep shit over here. 
Uh, and then in the telecom world, I knew how to draw routers and switches and things like that. But none of them, even combined those ideas, none of them could explain it in any depth, as you know. It's a very complicated, almost soup of inputs and outputs and people's reactions. And so I just had this moment where I realized that maybe the only way to explain it is to look at it very practically and say, look, there's really 1.3 billion organisms connected together over a network that has no time and distance because of TCP IP. So maybe it behaves like one organism. And so I, the metaphor stuck. And so I started going back. I literally went back to my old biology textbook and looked at the seven rules of life. <laughs> and sure enough, it fits every one of them. And that's how you It's like you it. nourish the system, you know, emotions are the metabolism of it. And, it. and so I structured it like a term paper. And, you know, the publisher, you know, once Michael came on board, we actually turned it into a book as opposed to, you and know. And so what do they get out of this? Thing. As I'm thinking about so many people that sure. follow this, care about social media, sure. things like that. What do they get out of this that they don't get from my books, they don't get from other books? Sure. Or what's the complimentary, where's the cross section? What's the punchline and then we'll go into that. Yeah, well, I think it's totally complimentary. It, it's a little bit more of a macro view. Yep. It's almost like, the you know, thesis? it's the thesis. It's, it's really like if you want to build like, I mean, we agree on so many things. If you want to build a career, you have to nourish it. You have to feed it. If you want to build a brand, you have to set a set of values and match those with the right people. And so it's really about, at a macro level, patterns that exist in nature and how those patterns are dealt with, whether they are viruses or diseases. And you talk through it? And I do. And it's, 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 from, like it's from my personal experience. I mean, the book starts off with my father and Morgan Freeman are best friends. And we grew up in a very poor place in Mississippi. And for 26 years of my life, I've watched them fight the Confederate flag. Right. And so the book starts off with a moment uh, when Dylan Roof, who just, I just saw went on, uh, on, I guess he was now competent to serve as an adult or, or as a mentally stable person. But when he went into the church in yes. Charleston, South Carolina and massacred nine people. Yes. And then suddenly overnight, after those images of him with the Confederate flag hit social media, Overnight, we all viewed the Confederate flag maybe as a symbol of hatred and racism. And overnight, Amazon took it down, eBay took it down, the state capitol started taking down, the hashtag take it down, you know, yep. the woman Brie yep. climbed up the yep. flagpole yep. and became a meme. And yep. so I looked at that moment and I was like, well, what, what happened, right? What is it that causes almost an immunological response? And in immunology, it's key to recognize something as bad yep. before it can fix it. And so a lot of the book talks about how do you teach your body or how do you teach this system, this social organism, to recognize the bad or recognize the good and then eliminate it using your own immunology. Because if you think about it, it's cellular. It's yep. 1.3 billion cells. Yep. The only way an idea spreads is if one of those cells spreads it to the other. Uh -huh. So it's like how do we have the responsibility to be a citizen within this and to keep bad ideas down and good ideas and to learn how to ferret them. And so it's a macro level, but you can take away from it how to grow a content business, how sure. to grow a real business. I mean, you know, the, the metaphors continue, play they play out. And, and writing the book was really an experience because we literally a year and a half ago said, okay, now we're going to put a punctuation mark, we're going to write this book together. And the stories just unfolded. Sure. You know, whether it was the world moved. And, and once we looked in that lens, it made sense, and, and people's reaction to it has been stunning. Like, uh, you know, very few people have it in their hands. It's only been out a week and a half now, um, although we had great sales success in, in the first month going into it pre-sales. 
Um, but people's feedback to me is really meaningful right now because... Like your best friend from high school and your like, Well, yeah, or? I mean, no, no, it's like the woman who worked on the trailer who got the book a month early, who I've never met before, but right. worked on the book trailer. And, you know, she came up to me the other day and said, you know, I've read this book twice, and I look at the world differently now. That's good. And that's, that's a pretty that's meaningful a, response. That's an accomplishment. That's all I can ask for. Good for you, man. So, yes, Congrats. I'm really happy about it. And you, you live in Iceland now. I do. I live in Iceland. There's also in Reykjavik. that. We'll get yeah. to that in a minute. Dunk, it's time for you to say something. Hold on. Hi. Yeah. Uh-oh. You're keeping this part in. Yeah. Okay. That's why I can't wear <laughs> these kind of good. sweaters. Yeah, these sweaters. Yeah, sorry. All right. Go ahead. Hey Gary, I'm wondering what you think of Snapchat and their recent way of selling their spectacles, the glasses with the vending machine, and how you think that plays into their marketing strategy. Thanks so much. Oliver, Snapchat spectacles. I think they're kind of brilliant. I think they took something that Google spent so much time and energy on, but effectively was pretty nerdy. Yeah. And they made it cool. Yeah. And, and you know, pop-up stores and yep. vending machines are so distribution. Media the distribution's been crazy. Yeah, exactly. And if you only have a small amount of them, yeah. they make it special. That's yeah. right. So I saw I saw a bunch on social media last night about a store in New York yep. that just popped up. Yep. Yeah. I think it's cool. I think it's a big play. I think uh, I think it could be maybe the saving grace move to their IPO. Sure. If you think about what Instagram's replication of a lot of their functionality has done, it's created a scenario where, where there's a little more you know skeptics uh, talking about Snapchat's sure. growth. You know, a lot of people talking about their their Instagram decline. Instagram sucked the oxygen out of the room. With so to become Snap, and to play to me, what's most interesting is Snapchat is the first social network that feels like a brand. Mm -hmm. You know, Snapchat feels as much to me as Under Armour and SoulCycle as it does Facebook or Instagram. And that crossover from just utility social network to overall brand, I feel like this captured that moment. And if they can pull that all the way through, well then they really have something. And they really made it where you are the media. Right, and so that was that was part of the exciting brand, and then the the filters and the tools. And, and then the you think about the live, you know, yeah. all they have to do is add an update that allows that yeah. to be live streaming, and now all of a sudden yeah. you've got a whole thing. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty bullish on it. It's early. I do agree that they've made it cool. What was fifteen hundred dollars and not cool right. from Google right. three years ago? So we'll see. I mean, Evan from me from afar continues to deploy LA brand behavior in a San Francisco, Silicon Valley world in a very good way. Yep, and they're also making big steps to be a media company. So you saw where they stopped rev sharing and started buying content now as a Netflix would do or anyone else. The garden walls of the internet are are popping up. Let's keep it going. Next question is from John. John. What's going on, Gary? This is John Max here. I had a question for you was driving and listening to Thank You Economy and at the end of the book you talk about how you would wish the self the book would self-destruct by 2015 because marketers would have ruined the Thank You Economy. Looking back, do you think that we still live in a Thank You Economy? And if not, what kind of economy do we live in now? Thank you. So I'll take a little bit of this because I'll, sure. I'll help you. Thank You Economy's premise is pretty simple which is can we scale one-on-one behavior? What's, what's depth versus Mm-hmm. with, right? You think of influencers, a place that you and I have both played. Mm-hmm. Like you could have a million followers, but if you said go buy this book, sure. both you and I know that somebody with 72,000 followers right. could sell more books. Depth. Uh, it didn't play out the way I wanted because I had optimism in a place where I shouldn't, which is the punchline is businesses don't give a fuck. No. It is unbelievable how much people don't understand why so my whole world has worked. My little thing works, 
because I just want to go deep. I just want to deliver value and it works every time. And the person who scaled the thank you economy the best in my opinion is Taylor Swift mm-hmm. and that's why she's winning. Yep. She understands by... Her in the book, actually. That's great. So great segue, perfect. I'm glad we can pass the book. Um. <laughs> Do some sort of scary thing there, by the way, edit. Um, you know, I think, I think Taylor understands that going to somebody's wedding randomly may cost her 45 minutes and yeah. not have an ROI positive game, but it does because the pickup, the amplification, dropping a pop-up shop for these glasses for Snapchat in the Grand Canyon is not ROI positive until everybody talks about it through this kind of infrastructure right. and then it does. Thank You Economy has a lot of DNA ties to this and to your question, the reason it didn't play out the way I'd hoped or inspired is companies are short term, I'm long term and people that are thinking in 20 and 30 and 40 year terms are thinking about LTV and lifetime value and then do things that don't have value in the short term. The reality is 99% of the players don't play that way. It's, look, you and I have been in the same business and, and I think have the same values. It's remarkably frustrating when you try to convince a brand to do what you're talking about, to go deep and to actually attach yourself to a set of values or people that have those values. You know, I always say make the content that matters, put it in front of the people it matters to from voices that matter to them at a time that matters. It's like very simple and they never get it and they only want the top 1% of people and they, it's like their trophy bag. And they're like, well, I got Demi Lovato to, to tweet about it. And it's like, well, that really doesn't mean anything because, right, yeah, no, I mean, it's not, it's I'm not kidding, a bite I'm on kidding, her. Kidding, you know, kidding, she's kidding. a mass media artist. But if I'm making a purchase decision, then I want something that's closer to me. You know, I want something that I trust and feel uh, some sense of shared values with. And these, you know, big macro brands. But Taylor, she kind of over, she kind of overcame that by these she personal understa- experiences. She understood it. She yeah. understands there's an amplification. I mean, she, just this weekend, she's singing Thanksgiving songs with Todrick Hall, who's you know a self-made YouTuber. Yeah. Uh, who, she gets it. Yeah. She understands where the attention yeah. is. She deploys unscalable behavior in it, which then means it gets amplified. Yeah. What's his name again? One more time. John. 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 All of what you heard in that book is still an opportunity today, as it was six years ago when I wrote it. Let's move on. Next question is from CK. CK, who used some good emojis. Hey Gary, CK here, presenter, photographer from Sheffield, UK. My question for you, how mindful are you of differentiation when it comes to personal branding? There's a million and one entrepreneurs out there. Not all of them swear like a judge, like you do. Not all of them wear trainers, like you do. Not all of them wear cool jeans. So I'm questioning, also, not all of them want to buy the Jets. So how conscious are you, Gary, of your unique selling point when creating your brand? Epic, you're a hero. Next time I'm in London, I'm going to do a photo shoot for you. Let's see it for Gary! DK, I'll answer that in a minute. Uh, uh, from what you've seen, Oliver, yeah. um, what a... Uh, You've worked with a lot of influencers. You've got a lot of great connections in Hollywood. I, you, you knew the influencers were coming. You knew the old school. You knew the yeah. new school. How do you see that? Do you think that people are being thoughtful of their differentiations? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, the really smart ones understand the idea of authenticity, right? And understand. And so I remember sitting down with a bunch of celebrities when 
Facebook pages were really scary to them. And yes. whether or not it was going to be me, the actress, or me, the actor, or me, you know, the guy that hung out with you at high school, I didn't really know what persona to do, to do or what to present and to people the world. Still, a lot of people right here are like, should I have a business page? Should sure. I have my personal sure. page? Like, I have a job, but I also yeah. want to be known as the funny, vulgar yeah. juggler, but I'm a lawyer by day. Everybody's in this Clark Kent Superman issue on yeah. Facebook yeah. and social in general. So I always that you could have two lives. You know, you could have this pers public persona that could be safe to do this, and then you have a private existence here, which is important because we are all stepping onto a public stage now. And there are things that should be kept public and things that are private, and I think we, we are all at, always in a constant collision course with that, you know. A few too many drinks and a Twitter account, and I, you can pretty much honestly, fuck up your I, life. I agree with you, and, and, I, and, and here's my point. Or people forget, like BP dumped all the oil in the world into right. the, and people forget, like, like it's amazing what, yeah. like, like I don't think anybody's talking about, like all, the, like all these actors and actresses and athletes have so many mistakes yeah. and issues. America's quite forgiving. What we're not forgiving about is the cover-up. You know, you, that's right. People don't like hypocrisy. I mean, in, in Iceland, blow. we it just is a death blow. we overthrew the government in a 24-hour period and a long-standing system of government there because we had a prime minister who really didn't break the law, but was a hypocrite. That's right. And nobody likes a hypocrite. You know, I nobody likes a I'm, hypocrite. I'm familiar with that story and you're right. From my standpoint, here's where I've been thoughtful. Seven years ago, I decided that there was something inside of me and the new mediums were in my favor, mm -hmm. that good things were about to happen and I better just be me all the way through. Yep. A level of transparency and authenticity that was extreme because I made the assumption that it was gonna really work out and that everybody on earth would know who I was. And I still knew I wanted to be a businessman. I didn't want to be an actor. Close. But I knew that <laughs> I did, I, I made a video seven or eight years ago, you should edit this in, that said that technology was gonna be hip hop, that we were in this 1985 yep. hip hop moment. Serious. Hip Hop 85 is equal to Tech Web 2.0 2008. That, that Zucks and Kevin Rose and all these people, these were people that were gonna be, I mean look, I basically think I said in the video or I said it elsewhere that, that tech founders were gonna marry supermodels and like Evan Spiegel's doing that. Like, that is like, absolutely like, happening. Like that, and so I knew that then, I thought that would happen to me and so I've been conscious of the following which is you guys really know my shit. Now that being said, I have a counterpoint. There is very little content on my family in the world. Yeah, I know she mentioned that in your last. Xander, my little guy, I don't think anybody even knows what he looks yeah. like. I don't even think there's one piece yeah. of content. So you've got to pick and choose what's important to you. Yeah. For Lizzie and I, it's important that the kids don't have that exposure and they choose. I think Misha's going to choose. I think she's about to be a YouTube kid star. But <laughs> I, we need to let them choose. But you're in full you control. Need to be the dadager. Exactly. I can't wait to be a dadager. I'm going to negotiate good deals. All right, let's move it on. Next question is from Miguel. Miguel. Hey Gary, my name is Miguel Ogas. For some context, I work in full-time ministry. I run a network of churches for my lead pastor where I'm traveling about twice a month and you have inspired me to give my wife my laptop computer so I do all of my business full-time through the phone. I believe everything you're saying about the future of the cell phone, so I just wanna figure out how to do it right. So my question to you is this, what are some tips, tricks, apps, any type of hustle advice you can give to somebody who wants to run a network, run a business completely 100% through the phone, no longer using a laptop. Thank you for all you do. Appreciate you. Have you seen the Google phone? 
the, the pixel. The pixel. I haven't seen it. It's amazing. Do you have it? I have two of them. Yeah. And so what? You you are have you made the jump to phone 100%, 100%. only? percent. Hundred percent. You have no laptop. No, I you have rarely one. use my. I have, a, I have a laptop, which I'm like, if I have to download a bunch of, like right now I'm and downloading a bunch of photos. Has such a great suite of products. They've it's amazing. Made, they've made, do- I assume, docs and mail and calendar. It's amazing. Or, yeah. So it's like intuitive and smart, and uh, and it's like you know you'll have an appointment and it's like, would you like to add this to your contact book? It's like improving itself the whole time. Such a miss by Microsoft. I thought two years I ago. I had that phone. I love that phone. I thought Microsoft. When it was when it's dead in the cell phone world, I thought they should have come out with a Microsoft phone that was built to be, yep. you know, the business engine yep. that it sounds Google has executed. From my standpoint, there's only one smart hack. I can talk all about everything, different apps. Here's the reason it works for me. Anything that isn't great on the phone, mm-hmm. you scale through another human being. If you're able to afford an admin, which or or use some AI assistance and things of that nature. Yep. I don't write, as my team will tell you, I don't write any, like my emails are one word mm-hmm. or like an emoji. Like I do so little actual work that if you're working in Excel sheets yeah. and Word and PowerPoints and these things, it may be a little trickier as somebody who doesn't, as somebody who has like the team send, here's the proposal, can you approve it? And as soon as I get it, I write approved and they're like, you didn't open it. We can see right. that you didn't open it. I said approved, motherfucker. Guilty. You know, and so I think you have to know yourself but I think the human element of having an admin or somebody else to close the shortcoming but I think the, I think living in a mobile Sometimes only Sometimes I try to add real. a few words because I'm the same way. I'm like, thank you, approved, good, yeah. great. And they're like, I just wrote a treatise. And I'm like, well, maybe you could slim it down. Oh, it's a like, bit. it's the biggest thing. It's the biggest inside joke <laughs> here. Like, People write seven a- paragraphs yeah. and I write back the thumbs yeah. up emoji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, can I get a little more feedback here? Something. Something. I worked on this. All right, let's move it. Last one. From um, the pilot show. Corey. Corey. Gary, what's going on? It's Captain Corey from CaptainCorey.tv and the Captain's Vlog on YouTube. I'm in the back of the airplane because it's more quiet, but I got a couple questions for you. First off, Gary, aside from your incredible interpersonal skills, what would you say is the most important leadership quality that you deploy uh, amongst those that you lead? And the second part of that question, what are two important leadership qualities that we as young leaders can develop that'll make us more effective as leaders and uh, ha- have a greater influence and make a bigger difference amongst those. Appreciate all you do. Love the show. I'm not watching as much anymore because I'm grinding and hustling, but love it. Love what you do, man. If you ever need a ride too, man, let me know. That's good. That's my big thesis, by the way, Oliver. Um, <laughs> unlike a lot of people, I actually want my audience to decline sure. because I want to inspire people to actually go do. Right. The amount of re- you know, reading all our books, watching all our yep. stuff, that's fine and I like that. Yep. Uh, my tagline's always been, I, I get shit done. So you, you, done. you've been a, uh, a successful leader in your companies. What, uh, what's the biggest thing that has really worked for you? I mean, I think, I think being humanistic, which is, a, which is a word that I don't think many people, especially in this country, use, but there's a real value to putting humans first. There's a, and it's, it sounds so trite, but there's a real value to having empathy and putting humans first and looking at them from a perspective that you can say, like, how do I help you grow? What, what is it going to be? What is, what, is, what is both the sympathy parts and the nourishment parts that are going to help you realize your potential as a, as a person? And I've, you know, I've started seven companies now and made a lot of, a lot of mistakes. Uh, you know, human resources is the hardest thing to do at scaling a company. 
um, because I always make the joke they are neither a resource nor human, human resources. <laughs> and that's so why, um, That's why the head of mine is called Chief Heart Officer. Claude, like Claude is the number two person in this company and everybody knows it. It is the yeah. foundation of being here yeah. because we sell people. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, you're in a service business and a content business, so that makes sense. And so I think, I think taking a lens of humanism has been the biggest gift for me. Uh, I mean, it's one of the reasons I moved to Iceland. You have a humanistic society that doesn't punish people for their weaknesses, mm -hmm. right? You, don't, you, don't have, you have no poverty, you have no homelessness. You, you have reform instead of prison. You know, big important things, especially coming from a place like Mississippi where I was sure. born, you look at that and that's a place where people are not treated like humans. Yeah. There are systems in place. I remember with American Express, we made a movie called Spent about payday lenders in America. I mean, you talk about your audience and the pains, that's a trillion dollar business yeah. in America that is parasitic. Yeah. It adds no value to the system whatsoever. And I said, human, a human right is to be able to access your money. Sure. Right? Here we have the basic principles of our economy are inaccessible in my hometown to 80% of the people have to go to a payday lender and a check cashing place and spend a percentage of their income just to take, just to be able to spend their money. That is not humanistic. That is, that is counter to anything that will help a system grow and evolve. I, I couldn't so. agree. I couldn't agree more with the human. Not to rant about no, payday listen, lenders, I mean, but, but it's, it's, you it's, know. A, it's a valid point. And I think, I think from my standpoint, it's listening and it's self-awareness. I think the biggest yep. mistake charismatic CEOs make is they try to, fake the funk and act like they know everything. Mm -hmm. I, st I always feel like I think I know everything and a lot of you leave comments about ego only because I stay in my lane. There's a very narrow world where I'm very good. I tend to never go out of it. You notice how I have social media and business people on the show? This is not a healthcare expert. We're not talking about hair dyeing activities. <laughs> this is not something, nobody's gonna be on this show talking about how to raise cattle because I'm not gonna put myself in a position where I do not know what the fuck I am talking about. Right. And so being all in on what you know and then being very empathetic and listening and deploying humility against the things you don't know, people pick up on that real, real, real fast. Because when you come across somebody that works for you that does know the thing that you're bullshitting yep. about and you bullshit it, you've just lost a winner. Yep. You've just lost a winner. It's about building that trusted relationship at every level of all of this. I, mean, I gotta get the hell yeah. out of here. I like your Great pants. Meeting. Question you. of the day. Yep. And by the way, great meeting you. I want you guys actually yeah. to hear this. This is actually, we actually deployed what we believe in. One minute, I promise. We've done a CNBC thing together once. <laughs> we know about each other because we've been running. Sure. And so he sends an email, we're busy as shit. And the answer was yes. Yep. I, you know, I know how this feels. You know, I, I, I know this has an audience. I knew it could help. I felt very comfortable to pay forward and create opportunity for the exposure because it's a smart thing to do. Thank you. Anyway, question of the day. You get to ask any question. There'll be a thousand answers between YouTube and Facebook. Might give you some consumer insights or whatever you're up to or whatever you want. Uh, Ask the question of the day. The question of the day. Hmm. You can ask what your favorite color is. You can go very. No, very no, no, no. I want to ask. I want to do something thoughtful. Good. I know because this whole book was about the most inspirational person in my life that changed my life the most was my science teacher who <laughs> saw that. me as this remarkably disruptive kid and took me out of Huge. high school and put me in a research lab. That's how I know all the, the shit about biology. So who is the most influential person in your life and why? <laughs> there you go. Thank you, buddy. It's great, great seeing yeah, you. Yeah, really you. good to see you.